Welcome to episode 43 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. Today, we are joined by World Series champion Orlando Cabrera. It was an awesome interview. I had a ton of fun. I know you did too, Joey. How you doing? I'm doing good, dude. Yeah, this was a ton of fun. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we got to do this. I we should start like making a list of like oh four guys that we can start checking off. I think us. at this point we got to get the whole team right because like shout out to it. Sarah with the Red Sox who's been helping us out with uh, getting the alumni guys. And I really, I really think at this point, Joey and mm-hmm. Nate, if you're listening, this might be a, a project for you for us to make like a chart. Maybe it's like you know, the outline of the field, like a, a picture of Fenway and just have the heads at the positions. And if we've had them, I think the head is filled in. And if we haven't had them, it's faded. Does that make any sense? I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. So, Nate, there's some uh, homework assignment for you for this weekend. <laughs> but I, I really think that's a good idea. Uh, we had the Timlin interview. We got Orlando Cabrera. I guess who else? Uh, well, it's just them so far, right? Because we had J.D. Drew, John Valentin. We got another 04 player, yeah. I believe, coming up. Well, we haven't released is... the Manny interview yet, right? Yeah, we're, but we're, we're gonna we're... wait until next year for that. Right. One. Okay. Sorry. I don't know yeah. if I was supposed to say that. No, you probably weren't, but like he said so many swears and he yeah. called out so many people. I know. I know. I can't believe he called out your brother like that. That you was think he's weird. actually you think he's actually gonna fight him? Yeah, he he had a lot of things to say about American Vandal and players, and I, I thought that was a little a little odd. But uh, this was a great interview, Joey. I had a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. It was some really good Montreal talk. I know Orlando played for the Expos there, played for the Expos in the last year of the Expos. I know we mentioned in the series preview for this Royal series. Believe Greinke's the only pitcher. Anyone listening? Let me know. Let me know if there's any other active. MLB pitcher outside of Zach Greinke that has started a game against the, the Montreal Expos. I don't think, I don't think there is, but let me know if there is, but a lot of good Montreal talk, a lot of good Red Sox talk. Of course you kind of forget Joey mm-hmm. that Orlando Cabrera played like 60 games with the Red Sox. I think Wasn't it was less than crazy? that. Yeah. I think it was like 56, something like I that. Was, I, th- yeah. I think 58 was the number, but then you add the playoff games and it's like, he basically played, whatever, like 80 total games for the Red Sox, which is just, that's absurd. <laughs> like yeah. that's, I, I mean, think back it, at, I would have said he played here like yeah, two years, probably. I know obviously everyone knows the deadline. That was the thing that I obviously want to talk about the most. Uh, Nomar, you know, him replacing Nomar and how he took that, you know, what it meant to him that he was in Boston. And he had to replace a guy that was the face of the team for a while along with Pedro. Mm-hmm. So, um, he yeah, had a really it's cool the weight of that. being there for 04 that makes it feel like he's he was around longer because he's engraved in the in history here. You know, he's yeah. Uh, I have a T-shirt that has the 04 roster on. I wear his name on my back often. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, he's just, it's you yeah. think 04. You think of well, that's also Orlando and and Mankiewicz kind of stick out because you know you make the deal and then all of a sudden the Red Sox I think went 42 and 19. Uh, to end the season, and then they obviously win the World Series. So really good conversation with Orlando Cabrera, and we'll just jump right into it. So right after this break, hear from World Series champion and a great interview, a really great interview. Had a lot of time, a lot of fun doing this. Orlando Cabrera coming up next. 
Alrighty, we are joined by none other than World Series champion Orlando Cabrera. First off, Orlando, thank you for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Joey, yeah. You had a question off the top here. Yeah, I did. Uh, Orlando, any chance you still live in New Hampshire? Yes, I just I was in uh, I was in Far Corners. I was playing. I think it's Abro. Just came, yeah, yeah. I just came by, picked my kid up from uh, camp, and uh, yeah. I live in uh, Wyndham. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm in uh, Manchester, so not too right. far away. That's awesome. Manchester. I love I love when people like make New Hampshire home. It's a great place. Yes, awesome place. Awesome place. Peaceful. A lot of great friends around here. Uh great people. Do you do also, the uh, yeah, like I, traditional yeah. outdoorsy stuff? The 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 hunting, the fishing, the camping, all that? I do the hunting, I do the fishing, I do the fly fishing, I do uh we go to the beach. Oh, nice. Beach, everything. Volleyball. We got volleyball. We play volleyball every Sunday uh, in Hampton Beach. Oh, Be nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. You check all the boxes there. That's good. Um, yeah, a couple, just a couple New Hampshire guys. Now I feel left out because I'm not from New Hampshire. <laughs> but um, yeah, just kicking it off here, Orlando. Obviously, you started your career in 97 uh, with the Montreal Expos. You ended up being the only player in Expos history to play all 162 twice two separate seasons where you played every single game how would you sum up your time in montreal and what's one specific memory maybe that sticks out more than the others well um you know it it, it wasn't one of the, you know best times one of the best organizations uh it was a lot of problems uh, ownership was uh uh not as good as as you want to get but like uh the one the one things that i appreciate was that you know, we were playing with no pressure. Uh, we were not been asking for a lot, a lot of things. Um, and uh, so, it was, you know, I was able to uh, establish myself in the big leagues uh, without pressure, which is, you know, if you play for the Red Sox, you know, you can't, you're a rookie, you still have to produce. produce. Uh, you have to put numbers. So um, I was able to to establish myself without pressure and, and uh, come up. Um, with with a, a lot of good bunch of guys, uh, that they, they, they have great careers during that time. With people that uh, still, some of them still uh, keep in touch with. Did you have one? Was there any specific moment during your your playing time there that sticks out uh, above the others? Because you were there, I believe, for eight years of your career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what can I say? Probably. Uh, it, it was a game. It was one game, but um, that uh, we uh, um, we came up to. Uh, I think it was two, all three. We 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 tied for uh, for first place in uh, in the um, wild car, and uh, we were able to to sweep uh, the Phillies at home. And uh, during that time, I remember uh, Tommy was in that team, Jimmy Rollins was that team. Uh, we took those guys out the first night that we played them, and uh, we got them drunk <laughs> in St. Catherine Street. I mean, that's one of the things that like, I remember that we could, you know, we were able to do in those times because now you can't do stuff like that, uh, especially to the other team. But uh, <laughs> It was good at Montreal, you know, a lot of, a lot of good uh, memories in, in Canada. 
Yeah, that's that is funny. I like that one right there. Real quick, I I know we'll obviously jump right into the Red Sox here, but do you think Montreal should get an MLB team back? I know there's been discussion about it. Like, what was your relationship like like with the fans? It was great. It was great. I I I just don't you know don't see it. You know, there's a lot of good fans out there. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's enough mm. uh, of, of the fans to like keep a major league team. Uh, in Montreal, I mean, I'm just talking numbers, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of a lot of cities in, in the United States that, uh, that, that that can carry a team. So, but it would be nice uh, for for Montreal to to have a team back there, uh, maybe once in a while, or maybe half a season. You know, if somebody can split it like that way, could be fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I believe it's still a lot of good fans out there, but I don't think it's enough. I know 2004 comes around. You're in the last year of your deal. Uh, what was the uncertainty like that the Expos were even going to be a team, uh, the next year? Like I, I, I forget personally, I honestly almost forgot about the whole Expos that the fact that you guys were even around in 2004, exactly. you, you kind of forget about it. Cause it's like, yeah. all I think about in 04 is y'all winning the world series. So did, what was the vibe like in Montreal and for you personally of whether the team was even going to be in town in 2005? Well, yeah, no, they, they definitely, they definitely, the team would definitely not were coming back to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there certainly was, was it Washington? Was it Vegas? Was it Puerto Rico? Uh, they didn't want to tell anybody uh, at that time. And, um, so for me, as you know, being a free agent, I know it was another, you know, 20 more, 29 more teams. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not flipping around just to be in the big leagues. I thought I was established already. I thought it was a, a great market for me at that, in that year. And and I always thought that, like, I was a player that uh, a lot of teams wanted. Uh, I mean, maybe my ego was, you know, big enough for that to think that way. Um and and it happens, you know. Um, I was I was able to get traded to to the Red Sox and be in that particular moment at that particular time uh, with that great team, and and we were able to uh, win the World Series. So, what's your reaction when you get dealt to the Red Sox? Obviously, there's a lot going on there. That's a huge deal that happens, and we'll talk Nomar in a second. But when you initially find out it's Boston, what's going through your head? Well. You know, you have to remember it, it, it was a different times, right? Like right now, you you get traded. You don't, you know, they're not telling you, oh, you're gonna play third base. You at third base, you're gonna play third base. You get traded, they don't care. They mm. they can first, they can put you right. It doesn't matter. You know, back in those days, you were they really put, you know, like they really cemented that in your head that if you're a shortstop, always ask to play shortstop. If you're yeah. third baseman, you always have to play third base, you know. So m- my reaction was, I was like, why would I'm getting traded to the Red Sox? They have one of the best shortstops in the league. So I, I didn't get it. And then I said, no, 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 it's, it's for no more Garcia Power. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, they traded Noma to Montreal? Like, what kind of deal is that? You know, and then like, no, it's a three-way trade, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was, you know, no social media in those days. I didn't even have a cell phone. I, and I know cell phones were around in those days and all that, but 
I, I was not that type of guy. So I got it. I was getting all the information through somebody, through, you know, some people were telling me and uh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe that I was, you know, traded to the Red Sox. I'm like, that's so far away from me. And uh, I remember some of the guys when I got traded, you know, I got to, uh, to Minnesota and some of the guys like, hey, welcome to the big leagues. You know, like I was in AAA the whole time for eight years. <laughs> which, is, which is true in, in some sense, you know, if you think about it. We didn't have a video person. We didn't have, you know, all the equipment and all the stuff that they, that the Red Sox had, you know, just to help you beat the other team. We, we, we were doing everything from scratch, basically. Yeah. On your own sometimes, and and uh, you know, it's it was just a different, a, a different team, a different league, if we gotta say it that way. Yeah. So you end up uh, obviously, like you mentioned, you take over basically for Nomar Garcia Para at shortstop, a guy that I, along with several other Red Sox fans, grew up idolizing. That was our hero. That that celebrities was, forget about it. He was your hero too. <laughs> guy i love hearing that but when when you find out though let's you find out that oh nomar's gone and wait i'm i'm now the shortstop yeah when does it hit you the magnitude of that how much it matters that you're now the guy after nomar garcia para red Sox, and boston icon when did that kind of hit you well i i cannot like play it down a lot especially um, in my head every day, I played it down uh, because I could I could never replace him, especially his his offense. Never get even close to stuff like that. So I'm like, man, I, how am I gonna do this? Like, how I'm gonna like? Because because you know, I'm, I played down because I was like, you can never make these people forget about this guy. Never, mm. never. I could never forget, you know, one of the best offensive shortstop I ever seen in my era. Uh, so I kind of was like, you know what? You, you play great defense. I 100% believe that they brought you here for the for the defense, not for the offense. But I know I can be an offensive player too because I've been doing it in Montreal for years. So I'm like, just got to play my strength. What I can control, and I can control my defense. I, I can be lights out defensively, and I can help around me all these guys to be better defensively. Um, and uh, and that's what I did. I, I just, you know, I told Frank Cohn, I was like, listen, I need to be the guy defensively. You got to let me do my thing. He goes, Orlando, I brought you here so you can captain all these guys defensively. If you see anything, in the wrong place, if you see anything that they do that they, you don't like, be free to yell at them. And I did. I started, you know, Millar was one of the first ones. Millar, do this. Every time I want you to see, I want you to, I want to see you doing this. If you're not doing it, I'm going to, I'm going to whistle at you. I'm going to yell at you in, in, in front of people. <laughs> and they were so good at it. I mean, they were so, they took me in. They like, tell me when I'm wrong. Tell me when I'm doing something. Please help me. And that was it. You know, as soon as I start doing that stuff, everything stopped clicking and, and and the defense was there. The pitching staff was just so happy about it. 
they now they have somebody that can uh they, they can relate because they couldn't do anything about it because it was just pitching but they you know and they will feel secure. They were making pitches, and and then we start winning series. What was your first game at Fenway like? You know, I know you hit a homer in your first game with the Sox, but I mean, what was that change like going from playing in Montreal to your home ballpark being Fenway? Well, I uh, man, one of my first memories, and I'm gonna be very honest with you, was people yelling, "We love you. We like you. We don't care what the papers say." I'm like, man, what are the papers saying? And <laughs> anything, you know. I'm like, I was struggling a little bit def- uh, offensively, uh, but we were winning series. We were winning series. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and then Pedro goes, hey, listen, whatever you do, good or bad, even if you hit a home run to win that game, don't read that papers. Don't read any papers. You see your picture in there. Just keep walking. Don't read anything. Just focus on what you're doing. We all got. We all been through all this stuff before. This is what you got to do. We got to do back. And I mean, I I was just like, oh my god. I mean, this is like really serious. I mean, we never have talks like that in Montreal. Never mm-hmm. talks about oh do this and like we we got three people in the media, four people. So we, well, you know, half of them was written in French, which I do not understand, so I didn't care. Um, <laughs> And and but you get you get the people you know when people see you when people like the way they they take it every game they dare mm-hmm. you know uh, the stadium you know thirty five thousand thirty seven thousand I'm like oh my god this is every day every day and they want that mm-hmm. title they want to win they want the World Series it's just like it makes it so much interesting. So much um, appreciated when you come to the park because you will like okay, I I have all these people behind me. It's just like now you just put in numbers, you know. So it's nice. Once, it's, nice. it's good once when the I- team once the team got you and Minkave, it should go forty two and nineteen. So it was very clear that there a difference was made defensively and offensively. I know you had mentioned it, but. You deserve a lot of credit for what you were doing with the bat as well as with the glove. When did you know that you guys had something special going? Because I know 03 was obviously terrible. You weren't there, but of course, that was a whole mess. When did you know in 04, after the deadline, when you end up in Boston, in that August and September stretch, like, oh, we might actually have a real thing going here? So remember, I never, the only time that we were close to talk about playoffs when I was in Montreal I was with that time when we swept the Phillies, we were one game up in the wild card. This is, mm-hmm. this is what's uh, not even September. This is like end of August. Yeah. And what did we did? We didn't have one person call out from the, from AAA. That was the answer for them. For us to try to make to the playoffs, they they said, "Well, we gotta cut this off. We they, we cannot let these people go to the playoffs." I don't know why they thought that way. So I had never for eight years had that talk about going to the playoffs. So when I came here, everything was about who do we gonna play, win the white card, who do we play, and I'm like, "Wow, that's all they talk about here. It's about mm-hmm. who are we gonna play, how are we gonna play, who's gonna start that game, and." 
and it, it, for me, it was just like, man, this is like awesome, awesome. I mean, all those fires that I have inside of me through my young career as a baseball player, I'm talking about before being a professional, came back because I've been a winner in every team. Since I was nine years old, I've been winning every single title and every single team that I play for, even in the minor leagues. I won mm. in single A. I won in double A. I couldn't win in triple A because I only played for a month. But I, I won titles everywhere. And so yeah, I got to the B-Leagues and like, people forget about winning. It was just like, oh, just play your game, whatever. Yeah. And then to, the, to the Red Sox and that fire started again. And, uh, and it was an awesome experience to talk about that every time. So from that moment on, my career completely changed because I'm going to every team. I'm thinking about, okay, how I'm going to win, how I'm going to beat the other team every single time I've I seen it. And, and it just, just change you, change your perspective of the game. I'm sure like the, the teammates that you found in Boston are, are a big part of that. You too, like a lot of competitors on that team. I've heard you say before that you believe Pedro Martinez is the greatest pitcher of all time. Uh, did you ever, uh, do you ever tell him you feel that way? Tell him how much you respect him all the time. I mean, I, I, yeah. probably, I, I play a lot of poker, uh, mm-hmm. and, local local poker rooms over here and I probably answer that question every day. <laughs> What's the best for the face? I'm like, well, I'm I'm gonna talk for me and for everybody else, it was Pedro Martinez. It was the most dominant pitcher we all have seen. I mean, yeah, you get the you Randy Johnson, you get your Greg Maddox, you get your um the Rocket, uh so many great pitchers, but the one guy that everybody was afraid when you were hitting was Pedro. And that's why one thing you don't want to have. You don't want to be fear. And oh, he got the, you know, you got the, he got that fear for everybody. <laughs> um, and, and, and he was so smart. He wasn't just a powerful pitcher. He was just so smart. He can read you. He can see you moving in the box. And he can just, you know, move you from side to side and you'll be gone. You've gone in two pitches, two, three pitches. You're just gone. You know, so so smart, uh, such an unbelievable person. I, I always going to have to give that credit. Now, you put Pedro in that way, but Chilling to me was another guy that was an unbelievable weapon and, and was extremely smart, extremely smart. You know, he, he was always ahead of the hitter. Come, somebody comes to, pick, to hit. He already has something. Right, I'm gonna start in like this. I'm gonna do this. If he looked at me this way, I'm gonna do this. And and he got this green book with all the at bats with everybody for the last freaking 15 years. <laughs> he hooked that guy. You know, Kurt Healing, another guy that was uh, to me deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, pretty soon. Hopefully next yeah. year. Yeah, he, he's still he's still got a chance. We'll see. Uh, I know he probably hasn't helped himself. And, oh, Joey's got him behind him. There you go. He's yeah, got the shilling right shot right there. And Pedro, he's got all the guys there. Um, mm-hmm. One question I have for you. So obviously, we all remember the uh, ALCS comeback in two thousand four. That's probably been. I was going to say it's been talked about too much, but it makes me happy. I'm sure it makes you happy every time you hear it. One thing for you, and I'm trying to find this clip. I feel like you did like a boo-hoo and like put up like the seven fingers to the Yankee fans. I'm pretty sure it was in what, four days in October or something like that. First yeah. off, 
all-time thing. I love that. I love that, like feeding it back to the fans, like, uh-oh, you got you got game seven coming. Uh-oh. Like that was yeah. that seemed to sum up the vibe of your team after game six, where it was like, oh, we got all the momentum. Y'all got nothing. What was that atmosphere like in Yankee Stadium? Because I think you were the perfect person to feed into it. Yeah, it was uh first I couldn't believe after you getting beat down 19 at three, 19 at six, something like that. How mm. do you let that go? How do you let that go? Right? How do you let that see that that team already down and you don't feed up from that? I do. I do. I always do. I just I just play golf with three guys and I was beating them down and I'm like, you down, I'm gonna keep <laughs> like you're not coming out of this, right? You have that, and 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 I saw that in our faces when we won that first game. That that, that David won it with a with a home run. Then the next game, you know, he won it with a base hit. Everything just just went like the other way. I'm like, wow! And then you can see the faces. You can see Jeter. You can see Rodriguez. You can see all those guys that were like just down. I'm like. Oh my God, they done. They done. You know, and then we come to New York and then we did that in the first game. And I'm like, and then it was, I was doing that to two guys. <laughs> I, I shouldn't done that. And I don't, you know, uh, uh, um, tell anybody to do it in the field again. But it was two guys sitting with a silky suit, silky suit. Like they, they look like wise guys. I swear yeah. to God, you know what I mean? And they were yelling at me. Oh, and I was just like, seven games, you know, that's fine. They were next to the dog. And I'm like, I'm probably going to get security to take me to the, to the hotel today or something. But, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It was just part of the atmosphere in that moment. Uh, right after, I think that was a game with, with, with Alex hit the glove. Yep. Slap the Royal. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were just done. They were just desperate. You know, it looked like fish out of wa- out of the water, just just mm. flopping. You know, and, and you know, we we were just so confident, confident in that moment that uh, it was over. It was over, but we had still a lot of work to do. You know, I I just love that you did the the. It's subtle, but just putting up seven is the ultimate. Like, uh oh, y'all in trouble, which yeah. I think was the perfect thing to do in that because the fans were. I mean, they were crazy. That old Yankee Stadium was different than the new one. They're on yeah. top of you. That was, that was a different kind of atmosphere. I, I know you mentioned David, and, and we just got back from uh, Cooperstown for the induction. What made Poppy different in terms of you, – you've been with a lot of great hitters. What made it different to have David Ortiz as a teammate? Uh, you know, I know, Dave, I know David since, uh, since uh, Dominican Summer League. We played – he was with Seattle. I was with Montreal. We played against each other. I was um, – and I know him well because there's three Colombian guys playing in that team with him. Um, and and it was another kid with him. They, they used to call him the, the Twin Towers. Towers. Uh, I forgot the name of the other kid. He was an outfielder. They were so big. Mm. But the thing with him was that he knew how to hit. Right? He knew. He wasn't just a big guy. He knew to, like, hit the ball to left field, you know, how to get a base hit, you know, cool balls, go the other way. He wasn't just like a power hitter. And then he got traded, 
we're in single we started in single in 97 both of us he's in uh, minnesota i'm in montreal we both from single made it to the billies we're the only two players that did that that year and and he just just a hitting machine but then you go back to his numbers and it's just like the clutch was just impressive you know when did he hit that home run when did he hit that double when and it was just always like seven innings up, seven, eight, nine innings. It's just like you could not pitch him because if the game is on the line, you're in trouble. You just and then the one thing was some of the teams that couldn't afford to walk in because then you have Manny Ramirez behind. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, but that's what I, to us was so impressive that he was such a clutch hitter. He sees the pitch and he just he's just gonna hurt you. You can't, you can't escape. Can't escape. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Can't escape, especially with Manny sitting there in the on-deck circles. Like, we got to pitch this guy. Uh, you guys win the World Series. It was, like, the greatest day of our lives, and I'm sure yours as well. What was that parade like? What was the highlight from that parade in Boston? The four and a half, five million people? I can never – I mean, and it was cold. But yeah. I get that everybody gets the call. It wasn't that cold. For me, it was freezing. For everybody was just like <laughs> teacher, but that much people I never seen that much people. It was incredible. It was incredible. Everybody was in it. Everybody was into it. Um, it, it just it just like people crying. The signs, you know. My dad haven't seen this since you know he was born in nineteen eighteen. Like stuff like that. It was just like it was so powerful. So powerful. Uh, you know, it, it gets you back there, and you're like, man, I wish I, I would, you know, I wish I could stay in this town yeah. for the rest of my career. But you know, it couldn't, you know, it didn't happen. But uh, I was always happy. It was always great to come back and play here. Always. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 2004 is, I mean, Steve said it like the the greatest day of of our lives. Like that team is like the Red Sox team in my head. Like the the chemistry you guys had was great. And when, when I think of, of you on that Red Sox team, one of the first things that comes to mind is like, uh, or one of the things that reminds me of your role with that team, I guess is like when I see uh, guys today doing like the, the crazy handshakes, they feel like they have like these multiple uh, like personal handshakes with their teammates. Uh, How and when did you start doing those? And did you have a different one with every guy on that team? Uh, I had it with Montreal. I had it with a couple of guys in Montreal. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I here and, um, and I remember I started with Manny. So I did something with Manny Milari and then Milari was like, I want one. I want one of those. I'm like, all right, let's, let's do one. And then like, everybody was asking me to get a heat shake. So <laughs> I got to go back home and I'm like, all right, I got to make this one here, this one there. And I'm like writing things down and, and you know, everyone, they, one day, um, Frank Corner goes, where's my handshake? And I'm like, all right, I got I to do something with you. So I did something with him, and like, we're winning and winning. And he's so superstitious. He's crazy. So every time before the game, he was just going crazy looking for me to do the handshake. And I'm like, Terry, don't worry about it. We're going to win. No, 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 no. We got to do it here in this place. And then we have to do it every day in the same place. And it was great because it was for me a way to connect with everybody. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody accepted me the way I was. And that's the part that I like. I, I worked my job the way I wanted to work it. And, and it worked. 
All right, so this is the this is the last one before uh, we do a, a trivia question, and then uh, then we'll get you out of here. Um, what's your baseball life like now? How involved are you with with the game? So I have a foundation called Prosper Sport Colombia, mm-hmm. and we have an academy that uh, gets kids at twelve and thirteen years old, and develop these kids in order to sign professional when they're 16 in a, in a national draft, in the mm-hmm. national market, I'm sorry, in the national market. Uh, so far, we uh, it's been open since 04, uh, 2014 because um, I had it before and I closed it down and then I opened up uh, in, in 14. We signed over 30 players already. Uh, some of them... Uh, Couple of kids playing the big leagues for a really short time. Couple of pitchers, and then we have a bunch of kids in the, in the minor leagues right now. We got a couple of prospects, couple of pitchers. Um, unfortunately, never signed a player with the Red Sox, uh, but they they scattered everywhere. We have a big, the biggest prospect is one with Seattle right now. It's it's a, a Dominican Republic. It's one of those uh, quick. Players are gonna to get to the big leagues. Nineteen, twenty, mm-hmm. unbelievable play, unbelievable hitter. Uh, but yeah, that's what we do right now. That's a, as much as a, me being inside professional baseball. That's awesome. I love hearing that, Orlando. We will get you out of here on this. We always ask anyone we interview a trivia question about themselves. So the question we have about you is that you played in fourteen postseason games with the Red Sox. How many of those games did you have at least one hit? 14, 13. 12. You cool. almost had it. It's 12 out of 14. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very impressive. All right. But Orlando, hey, thank you for doing this, man. Really thank appreciate you, you doing this, and it's great to talk to you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, man. You too. All righty. Big thanks to Orlando Cabrera for that interview. Joey, what was your favorite part? I had a favorite part. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was probably just him throwing around towns in New Hampshire when me and him got to have a little moment. That was probably that was cool. the best part. I, I will say, dude, I'm a little remiss. I regret the fact that I didn't uh, say, like, all right, I'll catch you Sunday at Hampton Beach for some beach volleyball. I'll catch yeah. you there. But I'll just surprise him. I'll, I'll meet him there. Yeah, just surprise Wait, him. Was, like, yeah. Hey, man, what was your favorite it's part? Me. Uh, the Nomar talk, I, which is yeah, the least yeah, surprising thing of all time. But I, I think it was a cool answer of him to be like, yeah, I love Nomar too. Like, we all love Nomar. <laughs> like, he was the best. <laughs> so it's just you forget. One thing I frequently forget is that these players have favorite players. Like, you think that since mm-hmm. you're in the league, like, nah, you're so cool. You're playing. It's like, no, they still watched guys growing up and they still have favorite players and Orlando mm-hmm. and Nomar are like the same age. So it's not like, you know, Cabrera was like a rookie when he got dealt to the Sox. but mm-hmm. I understand that if you're that, that was a, the best line I think he had was when Red Sox players told him, welcome to the big leagues. When he got traded to the yeah. Red Sox, yeah. he played eight years for the Expos. <laughs> like, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the big leagues. I thought that was interesting, but yeah, that was um, crazy when he was like, wait, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to Boston to play, Shortstop? Yeah. Like, what, they have what a happened? Shortstop. What happened? Yeah. Is Nomar yeah. dead? Like, what's what's going on? So yeah. that was cool. That was a fun interview. I think that was uh, 
the right amount of a trip down memory lane. It, it, it's just, it always gets me so excited when we can talk to people that had like real impact on the 04 team. That's just, that's always going to be fun. And Joey, our goal now has to be to interview the whole team. It's got to be to check all these guys off. So we got two down and I'm talking, let's, let's say postseason roster, right? Well, well I think yeah, we'll yeah, stick yeah. with postseason. That, that's fair. 25 man roster. Mm-hmm. We got two down 23 to go. That's where we're yeah. Episode 43. Check off two guys. Uh, Sorry, just because we didn't throw out a name here for episode 43, as we usually yeah. do. I yeah, just think Eckersley. it's worth kind of mentioning. Yeah, Eckersley, uh, Jalen Davis. Of course. Yep. Fernando Abad, uh, Garrett Richards. Uh, oh, God. Y- your, buddy, Richards. your buddy, uh, Patrick Light. Oh, oh no, Pat not Light Pat Light. <laughs> oh, no. Not, not Pat Light. No. <laughs> Alan Embry. How about Alan Embry? We'll go with the Alan Embry All episode. Right, that, stick with stick that's with a 04. lot better. A lot more talented <laughs> on and off the field. Um, yeah, that's let's let's say it's it's obviously the Jalen Davis side. Of all those guys, yeah, the yeah, impact yeah, on the Red Sox and on the team, it's Jalen Davis. So they uh, yeah, we'll at just, the beginning of uh this Royals game here, they were like, Jalen Davis is hitting 375. I'm like, he's hitting six for 16. Let's say <laughs> let's say what it is. Let's not let's not lie here. Uh I'm excited for the the series recap, Joey, because I feel like I'm counting the numbers down and it's like there's not that many games left. Like 56 is not much after this series, it's 52, and you just start playing the numbers game. I do love it. My entire life, I have always loved the wild card uh, scoreboard watching. It's I know. I, I'm I'm living and dying on looking at game day. I mean, I have the MLB package. I should probably put the games on. But like looking at White Sox scores, you know, mm-hmm. on game on on game day on the MLB app. It's crazy. But yeah, I think I think uh, when it gets a little bit closer, I'm going to give this as yeah. a tip to people who have the MLB package. OK, when it gets closer. Go to go to either go to Best Buy or go to like Facebook Marketplace or something. Go somewhere cheap and just get like four or five crappy TVs. Yeah. And then just get like call. four or five little Roku's, 200, 300 bucks all said and done. You get like a four or five TV setup. Like really yeah. get down on wildcard weekend or wildcard weekend. Jesus. Wildcard weekend. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I literally was trying to like, I was thinking about like, yeah, it's like, it's like football. It's like, you know, yeah. When you get down I mean, to the wire is... and all the games are at the same time, but it's that over and over and over again. It's I would prefer to not have to stress about it. I'll say that, but I, I think Joey, we got exactly two months of this bit, now. To be honest with you. We got exactly two months of this. It's two months of wild card scoreboard watching. So I'm ready. I'm sure you're ready as well. But it's my goodness. It, it is stressful. I will say that it is stressful. Just the first reactions to seeing Hosmer in a Red Sox jersey, you were totally right. He looks like he's played for them for eight years. <laughs> He looked, mm. literally looks like a Red Sox veteran. It, it was a funny mm. thing. Well, we'll we'll save we'll save more of the Hosmer talk for after the series. But I think it was funny to see him like tipping the cap. He hadn't faced one pitch as a member of the Red Sox, and he's tipping his cap with the Red Sox uniform on to the Royals yeah. fans. That's it's more not his fault. It's more just kind of a funny baseball thing. But also kind of funny yeah. that he was tipping his cap, and like sixty percent of people were standing. <laughs> Yeah, it was you a know? weird ovation. Well, I think yeah, yeah. it was like, stand up, stand up for him, would you please? I think it would have been different if it was with the Padres. The circumstances are a little awkward where it's like he just denied a trade to somebody and then the Sox scooped him. And I'm sure Royals fans don't like the Red Sox. A lot of times they go there and just beat up on the Royals. So it, it's an interesting 
interesting dynamic. But um, yeah, that'll do it for the Orlando Cabrera interview. That was a ton of fun. Shout out to Orlando. And we got more player interviews coming up. Uh, the next you'll hear from Joey and I is after this Royal series. We got another cool interview next week. That is somebody that I respect a lot. And if you guys listen closely to this show, Joey and I love this guy. All right, oh, this yeah. is one of our favorite Red Sox people. That's very, very fair to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We bring him up almost every episode. Yeah, I say he's awesome like every show. So yeah. put the pieces together. I think I think we'll be able to figure and out. Maybe, uh, maybe another interview right behind that. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Maybe, maybe a big the, one. I mean, maybe the biggest interview in this show's uh, one-year history is is coming up next Undoubtedly. week. So get excited Undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it's between two people but this this guy might be the top one so until then for joey caponi i am steve peralt go Sox kid inside the monster is a production of odyssey in partnership with the boston red Sox. the show is produced by me steve peralt our executive producer is lena glazer mixing and video editing by joey caponi special thanks to the red Sox and major league baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast